Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Wrestling Source Radio. Introducing your host from parts unknown. He is the best radio announcer there is, the best radio announcer there was, and the best radio announcer there ever will be, Rodney Dion. My next guest uh, has had a great 2019, an impressive showing in New Japan's G1 Climax Tournament, and just last month, winning his first individual title with the promotion, it is a very big welcome to the IWGP United States Champion, the American Psycho, Lance Archer. How are you doing, man? Very, very well. Now, just quickly, WWE Crown Jewel just uh, wrapped up uh, in Saudi Arabia. Do you have any uh, initial thoughts from that? I haven't actually had a chance to watch it. You know, I've been, you know, it, it, here in the States, it started, I think, or in Texas, I think it started around 11 a.m. Uh, and I've been running around doing a lot of crazy stuff, getting ready. And uh, so I, I haven't actually watched it yet. But I've seen some of the reviews and, you know, I'm regardless of, I think, what some people think about around the world. I think some of it, you know, really produces positive change in the world altogether. Um, I'm most specifically talking about the, the women's match that's actually occurring there in Saudi Arabia. Um, I think the WWE uh, gets a lot of flack for even going over there and accepting the money and so on and so forth. Um, but the baby steps that are happening uh, because of them going over there, you know, there's a lot of things that change in this world because of entertainment, because of things that we can mutually agree on. Uh, are are positive that make people smile and, and wrestling does that it's like you know I've been around the world and I've been able to sit down to dinners and have a good meal with people who didn't speak English at all uh, and I couldn't speak their language at all but everybody just had an amazing time because the food was good people were laughing and you, you can have a connection and and wrestling and entertainment can provide that and regardless of what Saudi Arabia was in their past and even what they still are today in some regards. It's a it's a country and a culture that is trying to change. And even if it's the smallest of baby steps, it's doing that. And with the women actually wrestling in front of the people, I mean, that absolutely wouldn't be possible if they never went over there. You know, it's taken three or four events prior to it. Uh, you know, Renee Young went in and, and did announcing in front of the people, which was a huge deal by itself. And then the women getting to go over there and be kind of uh, ambassadors to the, the product and stuff like that and going into the, the hospitals and stuff was a step in the right direction. And now these ladies are getting to wrestle in front of a, a, a predominantly all male crowd and showing the world and their world and their culture that it's possible and that it's something that can be accepted and, and be a positive thing. So, again, regardless, I think, of what people think about uh, what the Saudi Arabian past was and, again, whatever it might even be today to whatever degree, they're moving forward, even if it's in the smallest of baby steps. And, again, without being over there, without going over there, none of this would have ever happened. So stuff like that, I think, is amazing. Almost a 20-year veteran, uh, a journeyman of professional wrestling. Uh, what is mm-hmm. it like to have a lot of that hard work finally starting to pay off and being recognized? Oh, it's amazing, man. You know, I like you said, I've been in business about 20 years, but I've been lucky enough to have most of that time with larger major companies. You know, five years with TNA or Impact, however you want to call it, two years with WWE, and now the last eight and plus years with New Japan. And it's not like my time in New Japan has just been wasted or not. You know, I was a part of one of the most dominant tag teams that's ever existed in Japanese 
history and and I would argue to say and, and in the world you know KES Killer Elite Squad it's just now with the single stuff coming about you know the G1 and how well it went and now obviously capturing the United States Championships things like that um, it's it's an amazing thing and it just I think it just bodes well to anybody that's been in this business that's a dreamer and you know the guys and girls that go through ups and downs and get told yes and no and get fired from companies that if you push through and you follow your dream there's a chance. There's always a chance. But if you give up on your dream, there is no chance. And, you know, I, I've never given up on my dream. I've always pushed forward. I've always looked for that next avenue. What what do I have to do to improve myself and, and get better and change and adapt and become relevant in 2019 wrestling, which is so much different than when I started in the back in 2000. Um, so it, it absolutely is awesome to see it in a sense, like you said, pay off. Uh, in this aspect, in this relevance to become the United States champion of what still is the second largest company in the world. Because if we're talking about history of time in the business and we're talking about profitability and things like that, there's WWE and then there's New Japan. AEW is an amazing company that is on the up and up, but they're still a new company and they haven't turned those profit ratings like New Japan has done. So if you still want to put it in regards of who's doing what on a, on a fiscal uh, basis, New Japan is the second largest company in the world. So it's really cool to be the United States champion for the second largest company in the world uh, and hoping and continuing to push forward into bigger, better things. You touch on that, the several years with TNA, WWE, and obviously mm-hmm. really uh, coming into your own over in Japan. Now, mm-hmm. the narrative the, the narrative that's out there uh, when John Laurinaitis was uh, head of talent relations with WWE uh, mm-hmm. and releasing a talent, he would sort of say, oh, you know, can I help get you some work over in Japan? Was that the mm-hmm. case with you or how were you introduced to Japan and New Japan Pro Wrestling? As far as Johnny was concerned, Johnny was always really cool with me. And, you know, I actually spoke to him when I was leaving the company and things like that. And, um, you know, he was one of those proponents that could have possibly helped me there. I don't know if he did or not, but he, you know, he obviously mentioned it uh, because he had a rich history in Japanese wrestling. Um, But I'd already been to Japan, not New Japan, but I'd been in Japan uh, like in 2007, 8, 9, working for independent companies and actually did a tour with All Japan in 2009 right before I signed on with WWE. Um, So actually when my time with WWE ended, I reached back out to a gentleman who had helped me out in those times working for those independent companies and working with All Japan. I tried to go back to All Japan. We ultimately couldn't work things out on a financial side. Um, so I asked him and he did, he reached out to new Japan and initially new Japan just, okay, he's a big guy. He just finished with WWE. Sure. We'll give him a chance. But then, um, I did my actual innocence debut for new Japan on a small East coast tour. They did, uh, back in 2011. Uh, and when I arrived in Philadelphia, it went from kind of just being a guy that they'd heard about and knew that I was in WWE uh, to now we all kind of knew each other because I'd met a lot of these guys either working with them in my time in Japan or uh, they'd come to TNA when I was at TNA, so on and so forth. And once it was kind of one of those, oh, we know you. And I was like, oh, I know you guys. It changed from just a one shot spot to, uh, hey, can you go ahead and stay for an extra week and a half? And I actually did my first G1 right after that back in 2011. And again, like they always say, the rest is history. You mentioned the Killer Elite Squad a little bit earlier with yourself mm-hmm. and David Boy Smith, um, mm-hmm. but you're you're part of one of the most feared stables in New Japan, uh, mm-hmm. Suzuki Suzuki Goon, uh, obviously fronted by Minoru uh, Suzuki. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, was there any sort of initiation when joining Suzuki Goon? <laughs> no, I, no I, I don't. There wasn't really an initiation. Um, you know, I guess 
the the cool history about my time in Japan. My first match ever, 2007, was with a small company called Maka Hen, and I actually fought against Suzuki in a tag match. I didn't I didn't know who he was. I didn't know the history of Suzuki Son. I didn't know you know how much of a badass he actually was and things like that. Um, but you know I had a match against him. And then fast forward to my time uh, in 2009, he was the Triple Crown champion of all Japan at the time. Um, so I've been around him at several different periods going into Japan. So when I was stabled with him, uh, you know, I don't know if it was a situation where they they asked him or not. I don't know. I was just, you know, when I arrived, it was like, hey, you're teaming with Suzuki, and this is a new group, Suzuki Goon, and uh, one of the original, the OG members of Suzuki Goon, and and the original uh, Gaijin member, the foreign member of the of the group. And I mean, it could be quite intimidating. I think uh, when you guys were out here uh, in Australia, I think you were actually yep. tagging with Suzuki, and mm-hmm. um, I think he, Suzuki just jumped off the apron and uh, kicked the barricade right where I was sitting. Uh, mm-hmm, scared, mm-hmm. scared the absolute shit out of me. <laughs> Good. <laughs> You're welcome. Yes, I'm welcome. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> now, you won the IWGP US title last month against uh, Juice Robinson after the uh-huh. champion. John Moxley was unable to make it due to the typhoon that was happening in Japan. I mean, right. uh, you, you made it there and now, now you're US it. champion. Yep, absolutely. I What's mean, the question? Moxley out, uh, Lance Archer in. I mean, it's it's a, it's amazing how wrestling can work. Oh, yeah, that's the business, man. I mean, like my, my career in some senses has been like that. I got, I got a spot in TNA. Uh, I was trying out. I'd gone several times before and uh, the night I got signed to the company was a night that uh, Johnny Swinger, who subsequently is back with Impact Wrestling now, um, he, he was having a child and couldn't be there for a, a taping. And, and they needed a partner for Kid Cash. And uh, somebody spoke up for me and said, hey, what about this? And I was going by Shadow back then. And I was like, what about that Shadow kid? He did pretty good on his tryouts. Uh, and he looks like a bigger version of Kid Cash. And they were like, oh, we'll try him. And they threw me out there and it, it went really well. And they offered me a contract that night. So this business is about timing and uh, time and place, right time, right place. That's what I was trying to say. Yeah. Um, and, you know, this was a situation where all the foreign fighters for New Japan, uh, unfortunately, were struggling with getting flights and getting out to Japan. You know, I know myself, Jay White, uh, now now knowing David Finley was going through the same situation. Um, you know, even, uh, 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 Will Ospreay was down in Australia prior to, you know, the whole situation, Zack Sabre Jr. who didn't make it to Japan in time. Um, there was a bunch of us that were all trying to get Kevin Kelly, you know, he, he was stuck in Atlanta, you know, and all of us were basically being told by all the airlines that there was just absolutely no way that any of us were going to get to, uh, Japan. And I just kind of stayed on, you know, Delta kept calling back, kept calling back until finally one of the ladies was like, Oh, I can put you on a seat through uh, Minneapolis, and then I was like, "Absolutely, do that." And luckily, there were no delays, and I landed in Tokyo about 2 p.m. and went straight to the building. Show started at 5 p.m. and was a champion before 6 or 7 p.m. I don't remember exactly what time it was. Back on a flight, you know, less than 26 hours in Japan. It was a crazy trip. Juice Robinson and Moxley, they had a bit of history going into that. Mm-hmm. Now, now you're the champion. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of people say John Moxley, will he uh, get a rematch or a, a title shot? But what about Juice? I mean, he was kind of preparing for Moxley, but then got the American psycho instead. I don't know. I don't know who's next. I don't know what's next. If John wants to step up and 
come fight the murder hawk monster, the American Psycho Lance Archer, he's more than welcome. But as for now, I'm the challenge. Or excuse me, I'm the champion, and they're all the challengers. So I don't know exactly who's next. You know, David Finley stuck his nose in the wrong place at the wrong time as well. So you know, if he wants to step in the ring with me, he can, and uh, maybe that'll be the end of David Finley. Who knows? But you know, again, I'm I'm the champion. They're the challengers. If they want to try to step up and New Japan wants to put them in the ring with me, that's up to them. Again, I'm just I'm just defending the title. And uh, I've been loving you on social media at the moment. Uh, you're okay. <laughs> call, call, you're calling yourself the real uh, US champion. Obviously, John Moxley, uh, I don't think he could perform uh, under the New Japan banner due to his contract with AEW. So you're calling yourself the real US champion. You can defend it in America, Japan, yep. you name yep. it. Um, and yep. also, I think you had a little bit of a, a go at uh, AJ Styles tonight, uh, who's the uh, WWE United States champion. Well, you know, you have the. Uh, I, I think the WWE wanted to call him the only U.S. champion that matters, and I'll, I'll absolutely disagree with that. And, you know, I know AJ would step up to the challenge. He, he's somebody that would never back down from that. But as far as the company's concerned, yeah, I, I think they're afraid of the Murderhawk monster. They don't. They don't want me there. That's why I haven't been there in ten years. You know, so uh, it is what it is. It's fun. You know, it's fun to get the fans involved. I think it's fun banter for them. You know, I posted a picture of you know laughing because I was enjoying my U.S. title and Moxley was on TV. Granted, he was on TV uh, with AEW. And like I said, contractually, I don't think he can do anything with us in the States. So, um, you know, if he again, if he wants to show back up in Japan and, and take a shot, then he can. But I don't have to worry about that in the States because uh, he can't and he won't. So. And last month, I mean, speaking all things America and New Japan Pro Wrestling, we saw mm. uh, New Japan's venture into the U.S. market with the New Japan of America. Now, um, mm-hmm. information's uh, pretty scarce at this point in time, but I mean, this is uh, right. pretty big, a pretty big deal. Right. Is mm-hmm. uh, having more New Japan shows in America something that you're you'd be looking forward to? Absolutely, man. I mean, I, I think it just shows the growth of New Japan as a whole. Um, you know, I, it's one of those things where business-wise, the company keeps a lot of things close to the chest, and they announce them as they – you know, New Japan is very specific on the steps that they take. That's kind of why the U.S. expansion has been a, a slow but steady process. You know, they're not going to uh, overdo anything too soon, too fast. They're trying to do things the right way and present the, the fan base with the right product in the right way in a New Japan style. Um, and grow it instead of throwing it out there and trying to do too much, too big, too soon, and it not being successful. They're rather they would start like they're doing now and moving forward slowly and smallly and so on and so forth. Um, and the New Japan of America, I think, is just kind of that next step. You know, whereas uh, you know initially they ran a few shows in California, and then now they started running some shows across the country. And you know, we just did the East Coast tour, which was amazingly successful in uh, Massachusetts, New York, and, and Philadelphia. Um, you know, and now with the expansion into New Japan of America, which I've seen a few people and fans across the Internet, you know, because you like you said, there's not that much information out there right now. You know, it's an it's an extension of New Japan. Yes, it has its own name and it's going to be kind of branded as its own self. But in essence, it's still a part of the company. It's just an expansion of the company. So you're going to start seeing, uh, I think, more American side uh, wrestlers, you'll see Japanese wrestlers come over and wrestling for New Japan of America. You know, right now, a lot of the tours are kind of, you know, back to back where they'll run a a Japanese tour and then they'll come and do a few shows in the States. Whereas with New Japan of America, you're going to start seeing more shows more often, which actually means that uh, 
tours will overlap. There'll actually be something going on in Japan and there'll be something going on in the States at the same time. So you'll kind of see not necessarily a split crew, but you'll see guys who are part of tours that are happening in Japan with the stories that are happening there at that moment. You'll see guys that'll be over here in the States doing kind of the same thing as the company and the expansion of it grows. Um, and I think it just provides another opportunity for the wrestling fan base in America and across the world uh, to see more and to be a part of more and, and to enjoy more of what New Japan presents as New Japan Pro Wrestling, strong style wrestling, you know, very sport oriented wrestling uh, is concerned. You know, and I think that's what is cool about the brand. It's it, that's what makes it different. You know, we're about our champions and our challengers for the most part. You know, that's that's, you know, our groups. You've got obviously you've got. Bullet Club, Chaos, Suzuki Goon, um, you got all the baby faces and things like that. And, you know, that's how the brand works. And it's just going to continue to grow. And New Japan of America just helps that expansion get bigger and stronger and better. And um, it's going to provide more opportunity for the fan base to enjoy New Japan. And I guess part of that expansion is the showdown show, which is going to be happening in San Jose, November 9. I mean, uh-huh. we, we already know the American psycho Lance Arch is going to be there oh, yeah. with the U S title. Uh, what oh, else yeah. can the, what else can the punters expect? Well, I mean, like you said, we've got the ninth and then we also have the 11th in Los Angeles. So there's two shows actually. Um, uh, the ninth is actually going to be broadcast on new Japan world with English commentary for all our English speaking fans. Um, you know, it's going to be Liger's last U.S. match, you know, on his tour, his his, his retirement tour as he goes through do, doing different things on his way out of the business, in essence. Um, you know, and this is going to be his last live appearance in the United States. And this is going to be happening in San Jose and live on New Japan World. And like you said, the U.S. champion, the real U.S. champion will be on <laughs> U.S. soil uh, and who knows if somebody steps up to the banter, there might be an actual title defense. But again, we'll see what happens, where that goes. But regardless, I'll be there. I'll be wrestling uh, um, the murder grandpa, or as some people like to call him, <laughs> Suzuki son, will be there kicking heads in and taking names. I don't know if he'll take any names. I don't think he cares. Um, but it's one of those things where, you know, it's going to be a lot of the, the, the top talent. You know, your Okadas, your Naitos, your Ibushis are all going to be there. Um, myself, you know, and uh, uh, several other Americans, Juice will be there and so on and so forth. Um, it, again, presenting the New Japan product as only New Japan can do. And it's going to be a lot of fun in San Jose. It's going to be a lot of fun in Los Angeles. You know, there's some unfortunate wildfires that are happening in California right now. We're, we're truly hoping that everyone out in California is absolutely okay. Um, you know, life and, and family comes first. And, you know, that's the focus. You know, New Japan is paying attention to that right now. But uh, as of right now, everything's planned and moving forward, and, and we'll be there on the, the 9th and 11th. Absolutely. And you mentioned uh, Liger there. Now, Liger, he's actually due to come uh, down under with uh, PWA, Pro Wrestling Australia, uh, mm-hmm. obviously his last uh, Australian show. Um, mm-hmm. What about the likes of yourself? You were here with New Japan uh, back in 2018. You saw some of the Australian right. ta- uh, the Australian talent, the likes of uh, Robbie Eagles, who's doing great things in New Japan. Mm-hmm. But we also got great talent like Jack Bonza, Mick Moretti, which uh, you probably crossed somewhat um with that Australian tour, is there an interest for the American psycho to come back down under and uh, check out some of the uh, independents here in Australia? Absolutely, man. I, I absolutely love Australia. I have, my aunt lives down there. So I, I've, I've been down there several times, uh, actually during that new Japan tour, I, I got a kind of twofold cool situation because again, my aunt, my mom's sister, she married an Australian man many, 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 many years ago. Actually, she's more Australian now because she's lived more of her life down there. <laughs> um, than she has in the States. Um, 
you know, I actually got to see my cousin, one of my cousins in Sydney before the tour started. Um, I got to see, uh, he's, he's not my uncle anymore, but he was at the time, you know, and it had been like 20 years since I'd seen him in Perth. Um, and then actually got to spend about seven or eight hours with my aunt, uh, up in the Brisbane area on my way out, you know, cause she lived up in that area at the time. So it was a really cool tour because I got to see a lot of my family, uh, on that tour, you know? So yeah, absolutely. I'd love to come back down and, and work and wrestle in front of the, uh, the amazing Australian crowds, but also get a chance to see my family. So are we saying that not only are you the American psycho, you're technically a little bit of the Australian psycho as well? Yes. <laughs> I'm the murder, murder hawk monster down under. Let's go. Uh, I love it. That's got money written all over it. Now, <laughs> I've got some quick questions here before we do wrap up, uh, Lance. Okay. Um, Go ahead. TNA, uh, I'm Dusty Rhodes. He was sort of part of the creative team there. Mm-hmm. Uh, any sort of uh, nuggets of gold or wisdom that you uh, learned from Dusty Rhodes? You know, Dusty was amazing for me. Um, he, he was very instrumental in a lot of the good things that happened for me in, in TNA. My Hordemania time was kind of his whole thing. He didn't come up with Hordemania, but he wanted me to work under my real name, Lance Hoyt. Um, you know, and then actually when I got signed on with WWE, because I actually had to go do a tryout, he was uh, head of developmental down there in, in uh, FCW in Tampa at the time. And I came in and again, he was very instrumental in helping me get my job with WWE at the time. Um, so he's been a huge he was a huge influence to my whole career, uh, both at TNA and my early days with WWE. Um, I always tell a fun story, um, again, talking about changing my name because I had three different names at TNA. I was Dallas at first, then Lance Hoyt, and then I finished up as Lance Rock. Um, when I was going from Dallas to Lance Hoyt, I didn't know I was going to do that. But I showed up for a TNA taping because I hadn't been on TV for a while to kind of go, hey, what's happening? Where, you know, do I still have a job? What's happening? There was a contract situation that happened between Abyss and the company. Um, and he left the tapings at the time. So they kind of threw me into a, a match, uh, actually teaming with kid cash, uh, which was good. Cause that was kind of the throwback to what we already were. Um, but he quickly said, well, we're going to change your name from, uh, Dallas to Lance Hoyt. And so I went to him and I said, okay, that's cool. Um, do you mind if I announce the change? Like, you know, I'm tired of being a, a character and a fake name. Lance Hoyt is who I am. That's my real name, blah, blah, blah. And, Dusty Rhodes, Dusty Rhodes, he goes, Lance, you go, listen, Lance Hoyt. He's like, listen, Lance Hoyt is a good, good wrestling name. And and what you want to do in changing it, that'd be good if you were selling out 20,000 seat arenas, but you're not. So we're just going to do it suddenly, baby. We're just going to do it suddenly. Kid Cat is going to say Lance Hoyt, and that's going to be your name. And I said, okay, I'm on TV. He said, yes. I said, go. <laughs> Oh, that's a uh, one an amazing uh, Dusty Rhodes impersonation, and uh, that's a that's a great <laughs> great story. Oh, that's amazing. That was um, awesome, man. Absolutely, uh, a legend of the business, obviously. Um, now I'm a, I, I like making uh, memes, and I've actually tagged you in a few memes over uh, the past year. I thought okay. uh, I thought potentially uh, you may remember it. I uh, created you as being the new Undertaker. Um, basically superimposing your face on the Undertaker's body. Uh, <laughs> you've been through a lot of gimmicks through the journey. Could you be the new Undertaker? Uh, I don't think anybody ever can be the new Undertaker. You know, I, I think it's one of those things that I don't want to be the new Undertaker. I want to be the murder heart monster Lance Archer. You know, I want to be my own unique entity. But obviously there's influences of the Undertaker and of the Jeff Hardys and of just so many different talents from the past and the present that helped me shape myself into something hopefully unique and, and wanted in 2019 pro wrestling. 
Um, so it, it's a cool honor to think that somebody might say, oh, I'm the new Undertaker, but I, there'll never be another Undertaker. And honestly, I, I want to be a unique, my own unique element in the business. Absolutely. And uh, another funny one. Uh, one of your finishing moves is the claw, the big hand on the uh, forehead of the, your opponent. The, e, the EBD claw. There we go. That's that's the one. And uh, I'm just curious, was that taking uh, inspiration from Jim Carrey's Liar Liar, the claw? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> None whatsoever. Uh, <laughs> there's nothing funny about what I'm trying to do with my claw. Uh, no, actually, you know, the whole idea of the claw came about because I knew I was going to be part of the G1. I knew that I was going to be debuting uh, in Dallas for the G1 in my hometown. Obviously, the Von Erich family, which was huge in the wrestling business, and especially the Dallas area and the Claw, the Iron Claw, was their, one of their main stables of, of that whole family. Um, so it was kind of a node to the Von Erich family and, and to the history of the business in Dallas, Texas especially. Um, and it's been a lot of fun watching fans enjoyed that in 2019 um you know in a, in a time of the business which is all about the amazing acrobatics and athletics of, of some of the amazing young talent that are coming up uh, and taking stronghold over the business to be able to bring something like the claw the iron claw and, and make it relevant in 2019 so it's been a lot of fun but no it had nothing to do with jim Carrey. <laughs> Growing up, I mean, you were mentioning Dusty Rhodes before uh, as mm -hmm. an inspiration. What about when you were growing up as a kid uh, and watching professional wrestling? Was there one guy or a particular uh, uh, bunch of wrestlers that you took inspiration from or were a fan of growing up? You know, I, I didn't start watching wrestling until I was, I think, a freshman or sophomore in my high school years. So, you know, 15, 16 years old. Um, and Sting was the real reason I started watching wrestling. You know, he'd taken on the Crow persona, and I was really a big fan of the business, or excuse me, of that movie. And, um, you know, so he was kind of an inspiration. I think I'd watched wrestling on and off, you know, just kind of glanced at it and watched it, enjoyed it, but I never really, really paid attention to it. And it wasn't until he took on that persona that I was really into uh, the business, like watching it every week and following the storylines and, and finding other wrestlers and understanding the difference between WCW and WWF at the time, because it was still WWF, um, you know, and it was him that kind of influenced me and, and became my role model of wrestling. Um, you know, and he was, at, he's actually a cool person. He, you know, I got, had a chance to work with him in TNA. Um, he, he gave me very open and honest advice several different times in my career it was always really cool. Um, you know, they sometimes say, don't meet your idols, don't meet your mm. heroes. And I, I, luckily in meeting him, he was nothing but an awesome, amazing person. So, um, he was kind of the reason I got into the business and, and luckily in, I, I'm not going to say we were, we're friends, but we're cool acquaintances, you know, if, and when I see him, he says hello, um, you know, and, and it's a, it's a cool time to know somebody like that. So he was kind of my influence into the business. Uh, and just wrapping up, um, when you head to the gym and uh, do a workout, if you were to create a Spotify playlist, uh, who's your top three artists or top three tracks? Oh, man, I I don't know. I don't use Spotify, so, <laughs> um, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a big Five Finger Death Punch guy. Uh, uh, Bad Wolves. Yep. Bad Wolves is another good one right now. Um, and Godsmack, that's another album I pulled back not too long ago. Really appreciate your time, Lance Archer, the American Psycho, the US IWGP champion. And uh, let's see if we can uh, get the American Psycho down under. Absolutely. Bring me down so I can kill them all. <laughs> Lance Archer, the American Psycho, thanks so much for your time. Thank you, man. I appreciate you having me on.